Notorious P.O.D. episode 52. I'm your host, Big John Bass. It's another Hip Hop Forum episode, which means I'm joined by a man like Cal, who's smashing a can of Coke to bring up his blood sugar level, which I enjoy. How are you, mate? Yeah, man, I'm good. It's been a long day. It's been a long day. Um, yeah, man, if I actually do feel like the world is actually getting back to normal now. Like, my life is, like, full up again. Like, it's podcasts and work and whatever else. It's like, fuck, life's normal again. I'm, I'm missing fucking sitting at home and smashing through Sopranos for the fourth time, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. true. I definitely agree with that. Like, I feel like I'm tired. And I'm like, why am I tired? I'm like, because I'm busy at the weekend. And I'm busy in the evenings on occasion. And, like, football's back. So I'm, like, going to Spurs again and, like, saying I wasn't going to drink and then ended up having five pints. Um, you know, that kind of shit. Um, we're also joined by Thelonious Mother, fucking filth up in his biage. Yes, yes. Feels like a while. So feel like it's been a long time since we've recorded a hip-hop forum. Has it been that long? Uh, three I think, weeks, I think. Yeah, I think we, we we said when we came back from our summer break, we're going to be back to the normal, <laughs> like, every other week. Uh, we broke that promise immediately, uh, in true um, Notorious P.O.D. style. Um, so, yeah, I think it's been three weeks. So, Soz, if you're expecting it. But, you know, good things come to those who wait. Yeah, we're, we're back now. We're back in the saddle. Yeah, we exactly. Are. We are back. And loads to talk about. Sometimes having those gaps is actually good because there's shitloads of stuff to talk about. Um, so let's let's just jump straight in because uh, there is a lot to talk about. Last episode, we were talking about uh, Kanye. <laughs> as, yeah. we were as we were recording, it was like, right, tomorrow, this Friday, uh, Kanye's album, Donda, is going gonna, is gonna to drop. And there was... Fucking everyone on the internet was going mental about it. Donda was trending. Kanye was trending. There was all these images of this, like, uh, launch party, which just ended up being nothing. And true to form, Donda did not drop. Uh, it hasn't happened. It's kind of gone a bit quiet. I have seen a few memes that made me laugh, like, about, about like, shadow, like, people in the top of a stadium, like, at the back. Like, you just can't see them. All you can see is a silhouette. And they're like, is that, is that Kanye? Just wait, waiting to drop them. <laughs> So I mean, T, are we are we shocked by this Donda release? And yeah. do you think these delays like actually help or hinder albums when they launch these days? I'm almost at a point where you know I just don't care anymore. I've not really been following it. It's a bit like the um, the Life of Pablo album that had about three or four different versions, and then Kanye took the Twitter to say, "Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna redo Wolves," which has now become a meme tweet for um, when Wolves do well. Um, uh, I, I think with Kanye, I don't think anything will hinder his sales because his his fans are very obsessive, and I'm just looking over the fence to see if there's anything good over there. Until something good comes into the garden, then I'll just carry on listening to Benny the Butcher and other more consistent rappers. Yeah, fair enough. And how how do you feel about it, Cal? Like you are kind of the same. I mean, I think I'm probably in line with what T's just said. I'm like, yeah, when it comes out, I'll listen. Like it's kinda of, it's Kanye, like I'm always curious, but I don't really give a shit. Like, how do you feel about it? To be fair to you, John, you did call it. You did say on the last pod, do we actually think this is gonna come out on time? Mm. Um and you were you you were right to say that. Um yeah, it's like T said, I'm gonna listen to music that's actually come out, that's actually being made and that people are actually putting out instead of this guy and you know, he's created almost like a cult-like following and, you know, fair play to him for doing so. But his last few projects haven't been great. So I'm not like, you know, you know, you know, like kind of anticipating his next project. Yes, I'll listen to it. Uh, yes, I'll give it a fair shot. But um, 
do I actually care if he makes another album? Not really. Uh, he's made some good music. He's made a lot of terrible music. Um, if he never brings out another project, I couldn't give a fuck. Yeah. Do you, do you know what it's becoming? More, I mean, obviously it's it's different because there was more consistency from Kanye, but it's, he's a little bit like um, M. Night Shalaman. We're like, you've got to watch it because it's like, oh, if he ever gets back to like Sixth Sense levels, it's going to be it's going to be scenes. And it, it feels a little bit like that where you're like, I know these movies are going to be trash, but what if he gets back to form? And then, you know, occasionally you get like, was it Split came out and everyone really liked that and it was kind of a return to form, right? M maybe it'll be like that where one of these albums that we're all hoping is good is actually good and there is a bit of a renaissance. But for now, it is a like morbid curiosity more than actual anticipation. Like, I'm not actually expecting it to be good. I'm actually expecting it to be shit. Mm. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, yeah, but he has... He has got the potential to do something good. And what if that's the one that I don't give a fair crack of the whip to? So, yeah, I'm going to, um, I'm just going to see what happens. Hopefully it will come out one day and then we'll be able to actually review the album in some way, shape or form. Yeah. I just, I just don't think he's made an influential album probably since, um, since Jesus. That's kind of changed the landscape, so to speak. So it's not whether the albums are good or bad. I didn't love 808s, but that did change the landscape to a degree, you know, birth in Drake. I mean, Drake was about before them, but it made, it gave Drake an easier path. You know, Frank Ocean, Nostalgia Outro album was inspired by 808 and Heartbreaks. So he's making albums now that I feel are just passing people by. You know, um, he made Kids See Ghosts and Yay. And I don't know what those albums have influenced. As I said, I might be out of touch. Might be the um, principal skin meme. You know, is everyone else out of touch or am I out of touch kind of thing? But... <laughs> I've not seen the influence that his more recent offerings have, have given, but the Sunday service stuff was quite nice. So there might be a good album in him. Let's, let's hope so. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think this is what it comes down to. I think this is why there is the obsession across the board. Like he's got a cult like following, but there's people like us who will always probably listen to everything he makes just because there is that little bit of hope. Cause we know there is a talented genius in there. And I think you're right to like, not many artists have like genre changing or genre defining albums consistently throughout the career. They maybe have like a couple and he's definitely got a couple at least. So we may never get a, um, you know, genre changing or influencing album from him. We may never get that again. And that might be all right. Like we, it, I would settle just for a solid album. Like, like we're going to talk about him in a moment. We're like Nas isn't going to do an Illmatic. It's never going to happen. Like, no, you're not going to be able to create that, but he's given us solid albums recently. And I wonder if, if Kanye could just do that for a bit, maybe might be worthwhile. And, and hopefully that's a, a platform for lots of stuff. Cause again, like, look, he's not an old man, is he? Like, you know, if you think about artists longevity, like there are, there's decades ahead of him for creativity. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'm excited to see what the future holds for him. But yeah, I'm glad we didn't hold our breath on on the album coming out. I mean, we gave him basically three weeks to drop it, and he hasn't. So we'll we'll uh, we'll just leave that uh, sitting in the back. We're going to leave that there. Um, park it. Yeah, we'll park it, and we'll come back to it and see what happens. So let's talk about albums that have come out, and let's talk about a man we just mentioned, Nas. Uh, King's Disease Two is pretty good, isn't it? It's pretty good, Cal. What do you think? I liked it, you know. I did. I genuinely liked it from the opening track 
he's coming with it you know i like the this quite it happens on a few tracks where he switch switches beat halfway through the track i quite enjoy that he's switching flows he's talking about different subject matters uh defo east is a banger it's a great record wanted me to, i wanted to dig out the chain straight away dig out the defo records chain i was like yes such a banger i like that he talks about you know it might not all be completely 100 percent true i imagine he has some creative license with some of the stuff he talks about but i like that he talks about kind of real life stuff things that have happened he was you know he was saying about how he never met muhammad ali like i like things like that I like personal touches when people provide like a uh, a personal touch to to a story or you know death row east is about you know the relationship with tupac and you know trying to fix that trying to fix that relationship and everything else and so i i enjoy that that he comes with real stuff but he also does tries to do a song about the ladies you know for the ladies sorry uncle charlie wilson's on it you know there's a I liked it. I did. I actually liked it more than the first one. I actually liked it more mm. than King's Disease One. Uh, yeah, I did. I really enjoyed that. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, same. I, I mean, uh, I, I think the storytelling aspect of Nas's like skill set has always been top tier. Let's be honest. Like he's he's always been great at like storytelling and painting a very vivid picture of like moments in time. Um, so I think he does that really well on this album. And it was also getting to that point where. You know, a bit like 444 when Jay-Z was just like, people just like, fucking hell. Like, he just he can just rap about anything and it just sounds good. And it's got to that point where, you know, like in football terms, when a player just reaches their peak and like football just seems easy to them. And it just, they just, the game just flows so easy to them. And they're always in space, like an Andrea Pirlo type where like, how's he got on the ball? He's not, he's old. He shouldn't be able to run a game like that. That's what I feel like Jay-Z was like on 444. And it was just like, he's making this look fucking easy. I feel like Nas has been like that for, for the, these last two um, King's Disease albums where I'm genuinely at the point where I'm like, he just is fucking great. Like he's just elite and he's just really proving it. And he's just, he's in a, it seems like on his personal life as well, he's in a really good space. A lot of bridges have been built with, you know, former beefs and there's some relationships that have been mended and stuff like that. And, the music he's putting out is great, and I thought this album was was great as a result of that. Um, T, what do you think, mate? What do you think of the album? I've only listened once, and um, I think it's a good album. I don't think it's an amazing album. I think I found the first album a bit more immediate in terms of me kind of being hyped over it. But maybe it's because that album came first, and it's the first really good album he did in a while. I mean, Nazir had its moments, but... You know, that was, I think, King's Disease 1 was coming, like, after a long hiatus of a really banging album that captured the imagination. That's probably why I prefer it to the current album. But I like that he's gone with one producer because the trend was um, that he started was having all the best producers in the world on your album, having one track each and having all these weird features. But he's gone with one producer and they have a good relationship and, you know, they fix the cadence up. And they just know each other's strengths. So I think it's it's a massive positive that you know Nas has come with, you know, two back to back albums. And, you know, you mentioned John that he's in a good place. It felt similar in um in the Life is Good album because, you know, they I mean the the album title said it all. He had a track of Amy Winehouse on there and he just seemed very happy because um that album came after what the untitled album and uh the double album, Streets to Cyport album, which we're fairly average, so maybe this 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 could be another period in this career. You know, when um sometimes they'll have different images of people in different parts of their career. I think the most famous example is David Bowie. Like in the 60s, he was a mod. In the early 70s, he had the glam rock. 
Then you had like the Berlin era. So maybe that would be Nas where, you know, he's got the Illmatic. He's got the kind of ghetto fabulous with, um, you know, um, the track of um, Genuine, You Owe Me and Uchi Wally and all that. Then maybe he's got the current era like, you know, in this kind of um, rocking chair as an elder, just, you know, spitting stories about, you know, Muhammad, not, not meeting Muhammad Ali and shit like that. So it's nice that he's kind of come up again that another generation can appreciate the greatness. Yeah, definitely, totally agree with that. Let's um, let's talk about one of our um, one of our favorite um, one of our favorite sort of like whipping boys on this pod, and um, one of the greatest beat makers of all time. Eminem has a verse on here. Um, I mean, like everything that Eminem touches, everyone just talks about it, right? One way or another, it gets a lot of fucking airtime, good or bad, right? Which which is in some ways a really smart move from Nas because it's like that everyone was fucking talking about his verse and therefore putting eyes on the album so it's quite good for me it's the usual thing like technically fucking hell it's unbelievable it's amazing to be honest technically do I want to listen to it does it really like talk about the subject matter accurately yes in bits and then just goes off on mad tangents because that fits the rhyme scheme is it too long yes but I thought it was all right, and actually I thought it was it could have been amazing. There was there were sections of it I was like ah just like crop that bit here, put that bit with here, put it together, cut it in half, and you've got an amazing verse. Um, but it just didn't quite hit the right note, which was a shame. But I I thought it was interesting. A lot of people hate that verse. A lot of people say it's amazing. Cal, where do you sit, mate? Yeah, I didn't hate it. There was bits where I was kind of like nodding my head. I remember listening to it for the first time, and my my little head was my little head was going and. Um... I, uh, it's like, you said, it's just, he, it's, it's similar to Kanye really, like we were talking about before where, you know, Kanye's done it before in, in terms of like creating great music and therefore you hope that he can do it again. And it's kind of similar with Eminem really. He has done many a great verse before, be it on his own projects or on you know, other people's projects, you know, think about Renegade with Jay-Z, like him and Jigger going bar for bars. It was fucking classic material but um yeah so you, you always listen because it's um you know how talented he is you know how skillful he is but it's like he's 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 such a good mc that he's almost like competing with himself and he just makes things far too complicated Definitely. um you, you think about the track with Con- conway bang it's like just go in there and just spit some gulliness just talk about what just spit some fucking you know some stabby stuff you don't have to go all weird and change the beat and do a weird voice and do everything else just spit and he just for some reason he just overcomplicates everything and it's a shame because you know hearing him and nas on a track together is great it's always good to hear you know legends if you like you know rapping with each other and going bar for bar but he just he just overcomplicates things for really no reason at all and it's it's just a shame really uh, i don't know what yeah. you think T. Yeah, go on, T. What do you reckon? There's this lady from the German lady based in South Africa, got an Instagram account called I Still Love Her.de, got a follower, amazing account, put amazing videos up. Yeah. And when you guys flagged that um, the Eminem verse, she put up a video, I don't know if it's even related, when Buster Rhymes wanted an Eminem verse on one of his tracks. So <laughs> Buster Rhymes gives, put, puts, um, I don't know, my master's gone bad, probably 16 bars. And Eminem does 24. So Buster does 36. Eminem does, I don't know, 48 kind of thing. And then they have to kind of like, you know, they're both just competing and going back and forth. And it feels a bit like that's kind of what Eminem does, where the track's all about him and not the track itself. I think that 
you know, what he's doing isn't really suiting the track. It's just um, technique. And I think it's probably, it's one of those tracks that um, the rap nerds will be into, you know, like um, cadence and, you know, double, you know, double, you know, I mean, all, all, that, all that sort of stuff. But I wasn't a fan. I don't think it suited the, I don't think it suited the track. And I don't feel he has to prove that he can do that. I don't think it's. I don't think he's got to prove that at all. It's like, um, and I'm not saying that playing going on a Nas album is slumming it, but it's a bit like a Premier League footballer in his older years going to lower league and just kind of um, over elaborating because he knows he can and he can just help the team win the game. And it feels a bit like that of Eminem, where you know he's um, he's seen better days just to show people that he's still got it. But ultimately, you're making music, and music ideally has to be pal- palatable. I mean, it's not, I'm, not, I'm not saying this would sell out and put a bloody Harry Styles bar in there or something, but you've got to try and make it match the rest of the track, and I didn't feel it did that. Yeah, I think that's um, that's exactly right. I mean, the way I think about it is it's like going into a pub, right, and you've got the world's greatest cocktail maker, right? He can make any cocktail, and he does it. He knows all the flourishes. He can do all the tricks, flicking upside down, and I order a pint. And he's there for fucking 20 minutes fucking around, flicking shit in the air, popping out the umbrella, spraying foam around the edge, like shaving a bit of fucking uh, lemon peel on top. Just pour the pint, you fucking cunt. I want a drink, mate. I want a lager, (laughs) right? That's what I feel Eminem does. If someone comes in and goes, hi, mate, I'll just have a pint. And he's there fucking around for ages. And it's like, actually, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't serve the punter very well, right? If I come in and I and I want an amazing cocktail, I know you can deliver that to me. And I, and I feel like you mentioned Renegade. If you listen to his verse on Renegade, it's very simple. It's very yes. like yes. proper, just almost storytelling. There's no not really really any like clever schemes in there. It's just like rhyming the last word of every sentence, like very simplistic rap. That doesn't mean that it's simplistic is a negative in that instance, right? Actually, just really powerful, just telling the story. And I think that's where he's gone adrift is he's like sacrificed just impactful verses for technical verses and they don't match the songs. If you want to do an album and one of the tracks is just technical mastery, great, people will like that. But he's just lost the art of like what the song is about and actually making it make sense. And so when he does features, it, it's even worse because it just stands out so starkly against the background. And um, yeah, it's it's funny because I just think he's so big and so influential and so iconic that no one can tell him. No, no one can say to him, just rap a bit more simple and just stick to the fucking track. Like it would be like coming out to that cocktail make and go, hiya, mate. Can you just do a few less of those like flicks in the air? Just fucking pour the drinks. It's, it's like uh, Michael Scott in the office. I think there's one episode where he says, I'll just start talking, then I'll just go where I want to go. I'll just kind of forget <laughs> my path and just keep going. <laughs> That's what I feel like Eminem did. Yeah. You know, it's a bit like you'll have an interview and then you've forgotten a question that you were asked, so you just keep going anyway. Yeah. That's yeah. what I feel like yeah. he did. Like after yeah. about 10 hours, I forgot what the assignment was and just kept going in the centre. Yeah, definitely has that feel. Like he's on the phone and he's like, okay, cool. So when do I need to send it? What's the email address? Cool. So what's the song about? Right. Okay. Cool. Where does, and like ask all the other questions. Hangs up the phone. He's like, ah, fuck. I don't. I don't know what it's about. Ah, just write whatever I want. And see what happens. Yeah. Like, it definitely has that feel. Definitely. Um. But yeah, all in all, solid album. Uh, enjoyed it, and I think it's one that I need to listen to a bit more because I only really listened to it a couple of times, and I enjoyed it. So I just need to kind of keep going with that. And to be honest, I might go back to King's Disease because. 
so I actually feel like opposite to you two. Where I've got I had a bit more in, I got a bit more involved in this one, and actually I don't think I've gone back to Kings of Z, so I think I probably picked up again and just go through that. Um, cool. All right, let's um, let's carry on with the street report. So we actually mentioned Conway and the Eminem track Bang. I think this is a really interesting topic, and I want to take this through the lens of what's happening recently in the world of hip hop. I mean, we've had recently the baby caught up in a kind of homophobic um, incident. And then recently there was a uh, an Instagram post from Conway uh, in like a I don't know what I'd describe it I wouldn't call it a dress right but it was like a shawl a shawl is that no a a sarong a sarong that's it like, like Bex wore that time Beckett, yeah, Bex vibes yeah Bex wore a sarong um, and he got no end of dogs abuse now. <laughs> I don't want to tie those two, two things together. I don't want to talk about the DeBaby incident because I think they're much more well-informed people have spoken about it, probably better than the three of us can speak about it. But I do want to talk about this incident because I do feel like there's a little bit of a tinge of homophobia. in. in I mean, there's a lot of homophobia in hip-hop generally. But I think particularly a lot of the insults were were homophobic. Let's, for now, park those for one minute, right? And let's actually think about the real reason a lot of people were giving shots to him because... This was kind of self-inflicted, this abuse, because he was giving a lot of shit to a lot of people, including Lil Uzi, I think, for the way that he was dressing, only to then essentially steal his drip, as the kids would yeah. say, Cal. So yeah, what are you saying based on that? So again, we're part of the homophobia. I think we can all agree that is abhorrent and horrendous. And again, there are people who have spoken about that much better than we can. So we're just going to focus on whether or not this was a fair uh, diss based on Conway's words around how people dress. What, what What's your view on this one, Cal? Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, I'm kind of torn about it, you know, because it's like, um, I believe if you, if you do a day's work, you can buy, wear and do pretty much whatever you like as long as it's legal and you're not and you're not affecting anybody else or hurting anybody else um and i believe that i really do um but at the same time conway's had he's got that billy joe saunders energy um and for people out there that don't know who billy joe saunders is uh, you're very lucky to not know who that absolute div is um he's a boxer and he's said a, said and done a lot of stupid things over the years and quite recently he uh there was a fighter called daniel dubois who had a really tough heavyweight fight and got a really bad eye injury and ended up just kind of taking a knee in the 10th round and just taking the count and ended the fight uh and billy joe saunders was quite damning of him after that and said uh, you don't quit, I'll die in the ring, all that sort of stuff. Well, fast forward six months and Billy Joe Saunders gets punched in the eye by Canelo Alvarez and jacks it on his stall. And it's that kind of energy that's kind of come back round to Conway where he's put out this kind of thing. I think it was Young Fug that he was kind of... Okay, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that he was kind of, you know, that he was kind of taking pot shots out. Uh, uh, and, um, and uh, yeah, he was kind of taking pot shots at Young Thugger and other younger rappers that, you know dress a certain way um wearing dresses or skirts or whatever wherever the fuck you like and and so because he's done that as soon as he was seen in a sarong everybody was going for him and do you know what while i've been talking of i've actually come to a conclusion about how i do feel about conway wearing a dress i think he is a fucking disgrace john um okay <laughs> because i've read the wu-tang manual and rules are rules you wear 38 inch jeans, you wear a triple XL t-shirt. You don't put, a, you don't put a sarong on mate. 
you're supposed to be fucking real gully shit. And most people I would allow to wear whatever the fuck they like. But you know what, Conway, I'm going to hold you to a higher standard. You're a disgrace. Please don't come around <laughs> my house. <laughs> Do you know what I think it is, right? My, my personal view is like, well, one, you wear whatever you feel comfortable in, right? And that you like. However, I'll give you stick if I think it looks shit. Right, so if you're happy wearing it and you like, you think it looks cool and you're comfortable in it and you like it, then great. Uh, you know, in the same way as like when people wear a suit and shoes, there's different, there's many different types of suits and shoes. Some look fucking horrendous, and you better believe I'm going to gun you off if you're wearing your fucking pod shoes and you like dog shit suit. So this, in this particular instance, I've got no issue with guys wearing songs. I thought Bex looked pretty good. Conway did not look good. He looked he looked a mess. Also, he's old as time in comparison to people that should be wearing getting away with that outfit. It just it was not age appropriate. That's my major issue with it. That plus all the shit that he'd said about people wearing the exact same outfit. I mean, it is very Billy Joe Saunders like it's just you're putting your chin out there to get smashed and he got mm. smashed and then was trying to complain about it. Um, see, how, how do you feel about the whole situation? And, and, and when's your sorong arriving, mate? <laughs> <laughs> the one misgiven I have about Griselda is the obsession with opulence, whether it be wearing thousand dollar shoes and, you know, kind of like, kind of like Ric Flair, but in real life. And it's like, well, if you put Alexander McQueen's name on something, you'll wear it, even if it's, um, a diamond-studded brief, or a sarong. So, from that point of view, I don't think it looked that great. In terms of um, the grief he got, I mean, as I said, you are marketed as this gully rapper who is, you know, a man's man, you know, <laughs> doesn't indulge in that sort of stuff. So, you know, if you give it out, you've got to take it in return. You're talking about Griselda bringing back the realness. And to be fair, wearing a, him wearing a sarong doesn't make him any less real. You know, and... What and I don't know if it's even in the comments or I saw someone commenting on it. No one got a young thug because he's about that life. You know, he could put on a dress, but he's about that life. And if you're going to bring a trim to his face, you know, it won't end well for you. Even though he's probably about eight stone soaking wet, he knows. You know, I mean, he's got connects, and I'm guessing Conway's the same way. But um, I just think if you give out a certain type of energy, then it's just better to get it back. And to be fair, he, he's not he's not whined about it. He could have had a bit of a moan and said, I wear what I want. He just, he put the post up, took the grief, moved on. That's what mature people should do. Not not make yourself to be a bit of a, not make yourself to be a martyr. And the beauty of hip hop, much like with jazz, but more so hip hop, is that anything can be hip hop. Anything. Hip hop isn't a monolith. It's not one thing. Hip hop can be, you can have jazzy hip hop, you can have conscious hip hop, you can have pop hip hop you can have latino hip hop you can have anything can be hip hop so you know obviously obviously you got the five um elements of hip hop which i can't remember the top of my head right now which is the foundation of it but ultimately anything can be hip hop man so let let, let, let him read us along but he's got to take what comes with it yeah that's true i mean that's my feeling on fashion generally right wear whatever you want if you think it looks cool if i say it looks shit then you can't really get upset by that. It's just my opinion, the same way as you think it looks good. So, like, I think he actually did handle it pretty well, right? He just kind of was like, I don't give a fuck. Also, he's been shot in the face. So, what's words? <laughs> I mean, do you know what I mean? Like, in that instance, what are words? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I don't, oh, I don't mate, think... Yeah, I don't oh, think you're wearing a skirt. Yeah, but I got shot in the face. Got mate. shot in the face. I'm, I'm a millionaire now. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. So I've got... 
two things. I the best thing about T's kind of take on that was that the first thing is that uh, me and you in sync. John both looked up the word opulence at the same time. As soon as the word came out of his mouth, both of us in sync got an like, What the fuck does opulence mean? Uh, don't drag me into that. I know. Uh, I saw you. Well. I saw you. You went to what the fuck? <laughs> you, you reached for your little thesaurus and then and then a twix fell out of it. And then you was like, Where is the fucking oh don't, no, don't, that's the emergency don't. stash. Oh, look at him. Look at him. He's got to his ex a twix extra as well. He doesn't fucking. eat standard ones. No. Well, they're ones. off the fucking size. I don't blame him. Exactly. Yeah. This is what a twix used to be in my day, boy. Twix yeah, extra. And yeah, and that's fine, T, but that's the fourth one he's had this afternoon. Why, why do you care? You probably had five in your in your fridge. Yeah, he's just buried a fucking full fat can of coke in front of us, the pig, and now he's uh, digging me out. Uh, Shot back in pizza square. Some fucking shameless diet yeah, you've got I going have, on there. I have in a pizza pocket as well, and I'm fucking uh, ripped like a washboard. I bet you're <laughs> pissed. <laughs> the same colour as a wolf's jersey, mate. Yeah, <laughs> fucking rank. Right, his, his blood and his shit is like is like my piss after a barocca, just <laughs> luminous, luminous shit. Right, yeah, my guts are generally a war zone, to be honest. Um, what was my second point? I can't even remember what my second point now. I was talking about your fucking diet, slob. Um, can't, 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 can't. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. Back in the day, this is uh, part of the show where we, we reference a, a story of something or someone from the golden era of the beautiful music, which is hip-hop. Um, this week, or uh, sort of end of last week, should I say, was the news that De La Soul have now got their rights to their music back. Um, there was a label dispute or some sort of publishing issue, which meant they didn't have control over their music, which they now have back. So, Tia, I'll start with you. Um, what do you think this means? Because I feel like their lack of um, exposure to the, the modern music world because of like their sort of you know catalogue being quite small on streaming platforms, etc. I feel like has diminished their reputation in the world of hip hop somewhat because they don't have they don't have that availability that others have got. And I wonder if that now will kind of bring their legendary status back to where it should be because there's more visibility over it um but it's got to be a good thing right yeah it is a good thing <clears throat> i think that de la solo got a very very um committed audience to to their music so i know they did the track with with gorillas um 20 years ago which put into another generation and i'm sure through spotify maybe there'd be some bedroom DJ producer who will come across their music and maybe sample it and bring them to another to another generation. It's just um it's just indicative of the deals that many people in hip hop sign. You know, you sign these bad deals and all these years later this is what happens. Thankfully they're not completely impoverished. They're not like cool G Rap who, you know, is um as far as I know isn't, you know, isn't living as well as he should be for a man of his skill set. But I think Dale Soul They've been very avid, tour, you know, they really do tour, they really do go around the world and they've got a cult audience and they'll always be eating. It's just, um, I'm just glad that this chapter has been put to bed now um, of their music being on streaming platforms because, um, yeah, it's just one of the things that, you know, people of my vintage can share the younger generation and I'm sure there'll be at least one or two songs that they made in their heyday that they'll connect with. Yeah, I think that's part of it, which is that, 
because I saw a few people going, oh, I can't believe all these people like so glad that De La Soul have got their like publishing rights only to then go, well, why don't they put them on streaming services where they don't make as much money? I, I think that's slightly missing the point, which is that I understand that the streaming service is not the way they make their money. I'm glad that they will be able to make profits from physical copies of their classic albums as well. But in order to get the visibility where people go, I want to buy that album, streaming services are a necessary evil and it's shit, right? But we, we all have streaming services because when I'm in the house, I don't want to fucking pull out a CD player, put a CD in and listen to the one song. I want to be able to build a playlist of loads of songs. Now, when I build a playlist of loads of songs and I have people around my house, they hear that De La Soul song and go, the fuck's that? And I'm like, it's De La Soul. This is the album, right? Share the link. They might then realize that's like a classic album and go and buy the album, the physical copy on vinyl to just display in their house. And so if you don't get that visibility of streaming platforms in the modern world, it's really hard to like introduce music to like a modern audience. And so I do think that this will elevate them to the sort of like modern world and just bring them back in because they deserve to be right up there. Like their influence on hip hop and music in general is, is really big and shouldn't be understated. And I'm not, I'm not diminishing it by basically saying, well, cause they're not on streaming platforms there. No one gives a shit. Of course people care about them and they have their fan base, but I feel like there are artists that are of an equal kind of standing to them that have a much bigger kind of uh, there's a much more eyes on them because they're on streaming platforms that will happen to De La Soul now. And I think that they will get that visibility that they deserve. Um, Kat, how, how do you feel about the whole situation? mate? It's nice to see them get some get, get their rights back, basically. Yeah, it's uh, there's such you know there's such big artists, there's such they're almost you know they're icons in you know in hip hop music. There's someone that's always talked about when the when the history of hip hop is told, there'll be a, a you know a big part of it. Uh, and I watched that documentary that you recommended about them. Uh, I can't remember what it was called um, about De La Soul and Native Tongues and everybody else. Mm. Uh, that was really really good. Um, but you know I think the concerning thing is. For an artist like them to have not have owned their masters for a long time is quite concerning. But also what's quite concerning is that I think artists today are still suffering from that same bullshit kind of contracts that they're that they're um, that they used to get back in the day. They're getting those same crappy contracts now. I remember seeing uh, I saw a video the other day of T Pain on on Drink Champs. Um, and I, I don't have the patience to listen to a three hour drunken podcast by Noriega, but I like the little clips that you see on Instagram. And, and T-Pain was saying, who's, you know, T-Pain, you know, he, he, you, if you didn't know, you'd think he was just this guy that had a run back in the early 2000s. And that was kind of that. But he's actually a really smart guy. And he was yeah. talking about how record labels made 17 billion dollars last year and the artists only made 12 percent of that. Fucking hell. And, uh, you know, like you said, I have a lot of issues with streaming services and not just because I don't really use them, but also because you look at you look at kind of the 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 what you have to do in order to get decent royalties. It's crazy the amount of streams you have to get in order to to make some decent money out of it. Um, and but what is good is that, you know, De La Soul will be on the streaming services Uh you know, they, their their songs might become part of a TikTok dance craze or something, and they might have a second run. Uh, and so that's good. That's good for them. But like T said, I don't think they're starving. I think they're fine. Um, I'd really like to see how a Kooji rap dance craze would look. I don't, I don't know how that would go down, really. It would um, just, be, it'd just be South London girls and Timberland and the spliff in it, yeah. 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 Do, doing, hand, doing, doing hand-to-hands in Peckham. 
I just genuinely think it will just bring them back into focus because I think like like a lot of hip hop artists, right? They're for the people that are invested in the music, invested in the culture. They're like all mega stars to us, right? They're all huge, but the average bloke on the street doesn't know MOP, right? Doesn't know MOP. But then anti up is just on every fucking advert. It's on streaming services, and people go, "Oh fucking out," and they get a they like elevated because they've got more visibility and more eyes on them. And and you know, I think there's a a way that that happens to De La Soul, and it just gives them, even if it just gives them a little bit more of an income. Like, I'm all for that. I think that I mean we we've spoken about streaming services like a million times. It's such a hard thing because fundamentally, the consumer gets a great deal. You pay X amount a month, and you get unlimited everything from any genre for for in at any time you want right that's an amazing deal but the people that are suffering are the people in the middle which is the artists who actually like provide the artwork and it's exactly the same as like without getting too deep about it it's exactly the same as amazon right the consumer gets a great deal like you pay for prime let's say and you get a next day delivery on pretty much anything you need right and the people at the top like the the board level and in this case though like amazon's board make billions in the same way as the record labels make billions but the people in the middle who are the ones who facilitate that happening, so the the workers in the, the uh, um, warehouses at Amazon, they're getting underpaid. It's like there just needs to be a balance, right? I, I'd be quite happy to pay a little bit more and see the profits of like Spotify and these labels come down and the artists get paid more. Exactly the same as like Amazon. Like surely they can take some of that profit and pay the workers a bit more and that stays the same for the consumer. And so I, like, I just think that this needs to be a bit of an, a balance address. Oh, and to be fair, to, like p- people like Jay-Z try to offer alternatives to do it. I just think that there needs to be pressure on, basically the labels need to just do a bit more to protect their artists and actually need to be a little less fucking greedy because they can afford it. And it's just it just seems a bit much. And I don't know what that takes, right? I don't know if it takes essentially all artists, all major label artists just go like, no, we're not putting anything out. So... Mm-hmm. What are you going to do to address this? And it would take like Justin Bieber, fucking Elton John, Jay Z, everyone who's big at the moment, like a hundred of them, to be like, we are not going to create oh. anything new if you don't if you don't address this for everyone. But that's not going to happen. So we're living in dream. That's the, that's the scary thing about that kind of number that that T Pain, you know, said, you know, um, they made seventeen billion, and they, you know, they got twelve percent of it. The, the, you know, the the scary thing about that is, there's so many fucking artists now. Yeah, it's not like you had to have a deal to get anywhere. Everyone, you don't even need a deal now, really. You can run your own label, but still, out of all the money that's going in there, they're still only making twelve percent. That's really, really scary. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. It does like, change. It's, it's like like the professional footballers. Everyone says the footballers are overpaid, but yeah. there's people who have never kicked a football in their life. Probably got even trapper football who are making considerably more than Kevin De Bruyne, who's the highest paid player in, in in the Premier League. the The issue with streaming is that it makes music disposable. Yeah. If I listen to an album and I don't like it on the first couple of listens, I'll just sack it off on Spotify. Whereby, in 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 my day. You know, you buy you buy a fucking album, you fucking commit to it, even if it's shit, yeah. because you, yeah. you've you've put your money for it. I'm not suggesting we go back to having eighteen pound ninety nine master PRs in HMV, but <laughs> I think there's got to be <laughs> there's got to be a balance somewhere. And um, I do I make more of an effort to support independent artists, even if their albums aren't albums of the year. Yeah. I try to support them. So 
I mean, Callum and I support um, MOV, who's um, an artist who's local to the pair of us. She makes really good R&B music. And if she puts an album out, I will buy it because, you know, she's independent and I know that she'll appreciate it. There's um, Any, who's a UK rapper, E-double-N-Y. Her biggest song was Playing Black Girls, which Georgia Smith jumped in the remix of. Um, she's put an album out and I'm, I'm going to support that. And it's difficult to say everyone should do it because... I'm passionate about music. Music is one of my passions and I'm happy to spend six ninety nine. The only problem is is that um I've had to buy um some of their music through Amazon. Mm. So I don't know how much money they're getting from that. You know, if they put their money on but I don't know what the I'm fairly certain of bank camp they get more of a share than they would on Amazon, but Oh yeah. I'm trying to uh, my heart's in the right place by buying their music, whether it's on Amazon or a platform where they make more money. Yeah, I definitely think, so speaking to friend of the show, Gen- Genesis Elijah, Bandcamp is the one that the artists like because they get more of a share from there. And so, like again, like the chat we had when we were talking about his previous album, he has got a new album out, by the way, um, which people should go and check out as soon as possible. Um, he was basically saying, like, he sees the streaming as just, like, promotion because you don't get yeah. fucking paid for it, basically, because yeah. you, you have to get into the millions to make it even slightly worth your while. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, it's all about, like, driving traffic and the, and that core group of people who really want to support you and do well. If they buy your albums and you can consistently produce content that they like and they buy, that's how they can eat off of that. So, again, like, if you do like these albums and you want to support these artists, like, go and buy their albums or like support them, get their merch, go and see them when they start touring again. And, and especially as we come out of COVID, right? Go and see these people, buy the tickets for their shows, go and spend money because they haven't been working. Like this not, I think the three of us have been pretty lucky through this whole thing. We've, we've kind of worked, we've worked from home. There are so many fucking brilliantly talented artists, Genesis Elijah among them, who they haven't been able to tour this whole time. And we've spoken many times on this pod about, the big income stream for artists these days is touring and like doing the live stuff. So when they start touring, if you see people that you like, fuck me, buy a ticket, just buy a ticket and go and support them. Cause I think that's um, massively important. I've just found a calculator on streams and how much money you get. Okay. Talk to me. Okay. So I've typed in a million streams, right? Imagine you get a million streams. Who the fuck's going to get a million, but let's put it, I've put it in a million streams. If you, Got, say you put out a song, John, called I'm a Fucking Geezer, right? Yeah, and good song, good song. Comes out on every platform, right? On Amazon Music, for those first million streams, on Amazon Music, you get $4,000, $4,020 for a million streams. Christ. Apple Music, Apple Music, you get $7,830. Tidal Music, you get 12840 On Napster, you'd make $19,000. Deezer, you'd make $6,400. Pandora, whatever the fuck that is, you'd make $1,330, which is the worst by far. Uh, actually, actually, no, it's not. Next one is YouTube Music. You get $800 for a million streams on YouTube Music. Fucking and, last hell. One, and the last one is Spotify, which is uh, for a million streams, $3,180 for a million streams on Spotify. Buy those jewels, like people buy followers on Twitter, isn't it? So that's the irony of it all. Yes, yeah, there's that too. You pay for the pay, paying for streams, and you're probably getting ten percent of that back. Mental. And then you got Drake, who puts thirty songs in an album to get more streams. So mm, mm, mm. you can you can see why artists now are putting out so much music now. 
um, especially in a COVID time where they're not able to tour, you know? Yeah, Benny the Butcher's album was three years old and he just yes. put it out. So I just had a quick look to see if I could work out what this would have been if you sold that in CDs, right? So if you uh, sold a million CDs. Now, I can't work it out because this is for an album basically at eight quid, right? But again, let's just say your album comes out off the back of I'm a fucking geezer yeah. and you sell one million albums, just one million albums. Right. The record company gets out of this eight pound, the record company gets two pound 40. This was from 2013 Ooh. as well. So it's like this was like right. up to date then. Uh, you pay one pound thirty six in VAT, one pound thirty six to the retail, one pound to the artist. So you make a million pounds. Right. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Ta so take off tax for that. You get your netting like six hundred grand. Yeah. And now and you're it, getting six grand. Yeah. That it's is mad. fucking brutal. Now I know yeah. it doesn't always translate yeah. like that because, like we've discussed, right? There's ways to con those streams, but that's what. That's the difference, man. That's why, like. You know, these the big artists from the sort of 70s, 80s and 90s are just fucking so rich. They're so rich. And then the artists that come out now who are like their streaming numbers oh. are berserk. They're like a billion streams. Like they're not actually that wealthy. I mean, like if you look at Drake's numbers and then look at his net worth compared to, say, like an Elton John. Like Elton John's a, one of the biggest musicians of all time, right? So mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not saying like it's not a very good comparison. The point I'm trying to make is that if you look at Drake's streaming numbers, they're in yeah. the billions, yeah. and so you'd be like, well, he's obviously as popular Ooh. as Elton John. He won't. He'll never make the money that Elton John would have made. Like he will eventually, but not for the not for the like for like. And so it's just it's fucked it. Like it's completely fucked it for artists because that is. That is so stark. If you sold a million albums, you'd make a million quid. That's mental. I, I would say one slight thing, just to say play devil's advocate, is that Drake doesn't write his own music. And yeah, so fuck, that... Yeah, fuck, fuck Drake all the way. Elton yeah. John. So Elton someone, like, someone like Elton John or someone that writes music is going to make more money than someone that doesn't. That's where the money is, writing, isn't it? For sure. For sure. But I mean, even in this example, right, if you just if you take any modern artist and look at the numbers, even if they write all their own songs, they're not going to make the money they were no. making off their You're music, right. off their music, which is why it's right. it's all about other shit. Yeah. Um, cool. All right. Well, look, talking of supporting um, other artists, new artists, up and coming artists, we had a submission. So we asked people for submissions for our halftime hype playlist. You listened and you responded. We got some good ones. We got a few uh, new artists to add to the list for the next few weeks. Um, we had a DM from an artist from the States called Dion Can Rap. So Dion, D-E-O-N, space, can rap, C-A-N, rap. Uh, it's a track called Like This. It's really good. It's on our halftime hype playlist on Spotify. So you can go there and he can make no money off the streams. Um, so go check <laughs> Go check the playlist out. If you like his stuff, uh, go, go go check out his links. Um, I'm sure he's also, uh, music is available elsewhere. So on a serious note, go and check his Twitter out, at Dion Can Rap on Twitter, all one word. Um, follow his links, support him if you like the music, uh, and yeah, just tweet him if you like his shit. Um, but it's on the Spotify playlist, Halftime Hype. Um, so you're about to listen to Dion Can Rap. It's a track called Like This. Like this. Uh, before the needle touched the record, I grabbed the mic like a weapon. They crowned me like a fight broke out. I'm kicking rhymes like I'm it, man. Since I had the huffy with the broke kickstand, I used to hustle just to eat rallies. Baby face glow, feeling like Antonio, straight out of Cincinnati. Hey, man, you know the deal, keep it real, bro. 
the weed with the henny make you feel it more. Dip, dipping low, baby, don't be difficult. I'm singing, sipping Merlot, it helped me hit the notes. I give them hope where they thought it wasn't. Wrote my lyrics like literature, now I'm rap's prime minister. I saw it written in the hieroglyphics, they call it graffiti. Can't read it, you gotta feel it when rap was life. Was you there, do you remember? If not, then write it down, take a picture. Don't forget that it's been a minute since you heard a hit. Can't nobody give it to you quite. Just another sucker. So tell me, are you a rapper or a? It's been a minute since you heard it. Can't nobody give it to you quite. Just another sucker. So tell me, are you a rapper or a? I got to show your favorite rappers like we don't rap alike, so they envious. I move the crowd like the venue switched. I rhyme serious. And father these rappers, the boy in the hood evolved in the furious. Give me the motherfucking gun tray, cause it's my own neighborhood and I don't feel safe. Temporary plates, gas up the bucket and I'm on the way. Don't mind these diamonds in my rolly face. A wise man told me hustle, motivate. Came from nothing, now I run it like a stolen base. Hip hop like records filling up milk crates. She said her first lover's rap, that's a deal break. This for them niggas in the trap behind them still gates. In front of the store, the co-ed dorms. This is the culture that I do it for. Keep moving it forward. But when it come to rap, please remember, don't forget that it's been a minute since you heard a hit. Can't nobody give it to you quite. You just another sucker. So tell me, are you a rapper or a in a minute since you heard a hit Can't nobody give it to you quite You just another sucker So tell me, are you a rapper or a You see the hustle with my eyesight Close my eyes and see dollar signs I got Obama ties Presidential in that luxury car I never drive Let my wife whip it while I'm rolling trees In the time to manifest Old school dresser with the tech Loaded like a new rapper Swear your whole crew cowards I'm all like Kawhi, check my new balance They eager to see the kid like a new parent City king of boom bap Bitch, I don't care if you do rap I switch birds, no school to app Who was that? It's Dion, DCR, got a booty slap All my fault was that your mom just that slang Guardio raw shit, live by the code of 5% And fuck you rappers, I'm your father figure Darker liquor with no chaser than my shaper Nine with the laser, crooked cop annihilator That is been a minute since you heard a hit Can't nobody give it to you quite You just another sucker So tell me, are you a rapper or a It's been a minute since you heard a hit Can't nobody give it to you quite just another sucker. So tell me, are you a rapper or a? That it's been a minute since you heard a hit. Can't nobody give it to you quite. You just another sucker. So tell me, are you a rapper or a? It's been a minute since you heard a hit. Can't nobody give it to you quite. You just another sucker. So tell me, are you a rapper or a? Okay, so that was uh, Dion Can Rap with the track called Like This. Um, if you if you like that, go and yeah, follow him on Twitter, at Dion Can Rap. Listen to the Halftime Hype playlist. Uh, please keep coming with your submissions. You can you can submit, um, you can either just like follow us on Instagram, NotoriousPOD or Twitter, or you can go on the website, NotoriousPOD.com uh, and submit your music for us to listen to. If it's trash, we go and tell you, son. We're cool. just going to lay it out for you. If it's garbage... We're gonna do we're gonna do a line by line decimation of your yeah. track. Yeah, it's like a it's like a fucking roll call of shit. Like yeah. like MC Twat from Reading. Trash, garbage. Like, like go through the list. Uh, do a ten minute YouTube just a decimation of his track. Yeah, just yeah. just one bar. They would just decimate that one bar. 
yeah. it'd be a bit like what's that um I don't know if it's a drill tune or like some trap tune where it's like they're like talking about all their ops and it's like you're dead yes. and it's like the list of the names <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With, the, with the shit ones that we... I feel Vanessa Carlton that they did as well yeah all the ops are just dead <laughs> wow there's that, there's that, and I shot you. There's and there's that, there's that lawyer guy, isn't there? There's that lawyer guy that like reviews trap songs and is like, no, you're gonna go to prison for this one. Like you really shouldn't. Like he listens to the songs and he's like, oh my god, why did you just say that? You are definitely going to prison for doing this. Uh, he's quite funny. Yeah, he's some American lawyer guy. He just goes through drill or trap songs and goes, what are you doing? <laughs> you're going to go to prison for this. Please stop it. Um, I yeah. do get um I do go down rabbit holes of watching Americans reacting to like old garage tunes or grind oh, tunes. That. I've watched one with it. There's this couple and they're watching Kano's Garage Skank and they like they cannot understand what Garage Skank means and they're going, is that like a woman? Is that like a woman? Like a skank? And then the and the guy's like, I don't know. And it's just like in the comments, it's just so funny. People are like you fucking American mugs. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Right. It's perfect. It's so good. Um, I love those watching those reaction videos. Um, Pete and Baz, also friends of the show, big up Pete and Baz. They get so many and they're fucking hilarious because at the beginning, they're just like, they're watching it like, oh God, this is just like a joke thing. And then they just start going in on the bars and they're just they're just like, What? What? Like it's just fucking <laughs> it's gold. I love um, that. I think Akala posted something about that last night. People are reacting to his um fire in the booth. Yeah. Right. just brilliant yeah, there's, mate, there's, lo- there's so many good ones of like yeah Akala's Fire in the Booth Rich Free 2's Fire in the Booth uh, Kano like Garage Skank like there's loads of good good like videos that there's so many of the same like videos pretty funny um, alright let's get into um, part 3 the choice is yours So the choice is yours is a, a choice between two things and why. It could be an album, could be artists, comedians, sneaker brands. Uh, try and keep it relevant as possible for the week of recording. This is going to be the, a first uh, in the Notorious POD Hip Hop Forum. Um, this choice is yours question because there is really no choice. Uh, there is just one winner here. The choice is basically from the, the recent verses between The Locks and Dipset. Uh, the reason there's no choice is because there's an obvious winner. The Locks... <laughs> The locks went to town on Dipset. Um, it was it was a brutal dismantling um, of the Harlem Dipset crew. Um, Cal, let's start with you. We we kind of I think we probably thought it would be a lot closer, but we thought locks would win. This was a yeah. landslide, wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah, you, and this is like the first time in hip hop forum history where we've done the same topic for all the choices yours in a row. But it's absolutely necessary that we do so. Um, and yeah, and you know, last time we was like, oh, you know, Dipset are cool. They've got some bangers, but you know, Locks they're probably the better crew. They're probably more solid. And the point I made on the last podcast was that they've never fallen out. There's never been any beef. They've always gotten along. They're a proper group. And that showed last week. And I don't really watch the verses very much, but this is probably the one that I've seen the most of. Um, and how I followed it was via Twitter and via Big Ghost's Twitter. And he does 
<laughs> he scores them. He scores the verses like a boxing match, like I would. Like when I'm sat, I'm sat there and I'm going, oh, you know, 10-9, oh, first round to so-and-so. And he does it exactly the same. He'll go 1-0, 2-0, 3-0. And then after about 5-0, he's gone 17-0, 1,426 to 3. <laughs> it was like, oh, my God, this is, it was a complete decimation. And I think what kind of happened was Locks took it serious. They yeah. took it serious. They it's all respect and it's all love. And you could see that afterwards. There were some clips of Cameron and Star Wars P like kind of making jokes about what happened and all of that. And it's all good. It's all competition. But they take that shit seriously, the locks. And I remember I remember when the whole 50 Cent beef came around and um with the Jada Kiss and, and 50 Cent. And uh there was the Jada Kiss said something like, Oh, 50 Cent was upset with me because he he heard that I take shots here and I was taking shots at him here and there. And the quote that he said in the on the radio interview was, I take shots at everybody. I shoot at everybody all the fucking time. And you got that during the verses. It was like, yes, this is respect. Yes, this is love. But I'm coming to blow your fucking noodles out. That's how this is going to happen. The bit where he snatched Joel's bandana off his head and threw it on the floor. It was just disrespect. He just, yeah, they were, they were serious. They knew their bars. They, they'd obviously practiced. They've obviously been performing together for a long time as well, whereas Dipset haven't. It was men versus boys in the end, wasn't it? It was a decimation. T, how did you um, how did you feel about the uh, the, the the verses? I mean, it's a bit I'm doing a bit of a callback here, but earlier when we talked about streaming and how much money people can make from music, but Jadakiss, a lot of people I don't necessarily agree are putting Jadakiss in the top tens or top fives of all time and not number five, a lot of people are saying. And mm. it's brought back into the conversation. Sometimes um I don't want to use the word clout. But him being a part of the conversation again is a big deal. And also for Stars P and Sheik Luch, because they're also part of, a part of the locks and they're part of um, them winning. But mm-hmm. Kiss's performance is more than just um, trending on Twitter. It's, it's talked about their legacy within the rap game because they started out with um, with Bad Boy, A Bad Deal, Pedro Gangster and all that. But Kiss talked about a conversation he had with um, Diddy before... before um, the verses and said maybe you should just do a freestyle over an old school beat just to show people what you're about and then they played all about the benjamins which is a track that i believe jadakus wrote the verse for diddy yeah. so mm-hmm. all these stories are back to the fore now as a result of um the Lox's performance and i think that's just a victory for hip-hop and it's almost like they're getting their flowers now they lived long enough to to get their flowers because um when you talk about locks, it's a bit like the um, the Diddy, the Kanye West rhyme. I think in um, "Touch the Sky," I'm like um, bad boy teach, bad boy street team. I couldn't work the locks. Yeah. And that's, when I hear the locks, I think of that bar by Kanye West a lot. But mm-hmm. when you think about the locks now, you're thinking about Madison Square Gardens. You're thinking about the Joe, the Fat Joe review, which is fucking amazing. Um, <laughs> you're thinking about George Santana's hat on the floor and. You know, Jay Lickers freestyling over who shot him, which is an iconic beat. And mm-hmm. that's where that's where versus is a good thing. I mean, even mm-hmm. with um, you know, Beanie Man and Bounty Killer, um, you know, they're at each other's necks, but versus show that they're they're in their late forties, similar age to Jay, I'd imagine, mm-hmm. and they're elder states statesmen of, of um of the dancehall game and you had it with them R and B, you had um what Coke of MSWV coming in and smashing it. There's so many 
lovely heartwarming stories that have come out of um, verses from artists that we may have forgotten about showing that you know they've still got something to say for themselves and that's that was my takeaway from what the locks did yeah i, I totally agree with what you're saying around um it felt like a real moment in hip-hop it felt like a like a a thing that we will talk about for a long time that that kind of dragged the the albeit the locks were kind of the end of the golden era let's say like sort of mid to late 90s but Jadakiss is still built from that era, in my opinion. And mm. I think what he demonstrated is like there is a skill level and an artistry level combined with street credibility that means something still in hip hop. And yeah. he fucking showed everybody like this idea of like top top five dead or alive stuff, which he's like been banging the drum for years, right? Yeah. I remember like 10, 15 years ago. Someone said to me, oh, Jadakiss, yeah, like, like talking about him like Biggie and Park. And, and I was just like, Jadakiss? I was like, I don't, oh, okay, like, cool. And it, it just kind of phased me. I was like, who puts Jadakiss like that high on the list? Like, that's mad. And as I've got older and as I've really, like, started to, like, appreciate, like, the locks and really started to look, kind of appreciate Jadakiss as a rapper, the more I start to think, like, for me personally, not, not top five, but that that idea of oh. him being mentioned amongst those people in like a top 10 now mm. i get it i do get it now because i'm like he he has got what i like in a rapper and i mean obviously he's from new york for a start so that makes you know a big deal for me personally but but you know he represents i think a lot of interesting elements in hip-hop and if again if you look at the like lox's career they they kind of it's a bit like in there uh, there's a bit in sopranos where tony says i feel like i came in at the end like I feel like I missed all the good stuff of like the 70s and 80s gangster era and I, I right. just inherited the shit bit. I feel like the locks almost are like that. If Jadakiss had been in his peak in the like in 1991, 92, 93, I think he would be in the conversation. Mm. The fact that he he sort of and the locks started emerging towards the mid to end of that era, they sort of like missed their best, they missed their best chance of being included in that in that ilk. Um, but I think, yeah, J Jadakiss particularly demonstrated it uh, in on that night, and the locks, I think, cemented their their kind of legacy. And he's, if you saw some of the footage afterwards, he was, like, proper taking it serious. Like, yeah. there's a great team effort tonight. Everyone did yeah. their thing. Like, they were fucking ready for it. And yeah. I think, like, Cameron and Dipset were just there for a bit of a payday, even to the point where they were rapping over a backing track. The locks were just, like, going over the instrumental. And it sounded a million times better. And how good was it to hear um, Jadakiss go over um, like Biggie, uh, who yeah. shot you? Like that was fucking unreal. And that verse yeah. was serious. So I've I love never it. heard that freestyle before. Same. And but it's on the it's on the uh, the champions here part three, which I didn't know that. Um, okay. um, and like a lot of people afterwards i went on that piff and started hunting for mixtapes uh, i i had most of them but i didn't have the champions here part one which i had to do some hunting around for but i ended up finding it in the end but that was that's one of the cool things that came out of it was that a lot of people were, were like me and were thinking i want oh, where's them jadakiss mixtapes let's get them because a lot of those aren't going to be on the streaming services because right. he's rapping over other people's beats there for promotional uses only it's that kind of it's that kind of dodgy stuff that we was all listening to back in back in the early 2000s and that's a really good thing for for jadakiss and for the locks is that they got that that extra kind of extra kind of boost from it and i kind of 
liken this to like you know it's almost like a again it's like another boxing analogy it's like a fighter that's kind of had a decent career and then had a, won a title in their final few fights and it's like he's that's like their defining fight it's like their defining night was the other week against the locks and they they took it seriously because people were asking the question the same question that we asked last week who's the best who's got the greatest legacy who's got the greatest discography and jada kiss and styles and chic uh they all took it seriously um and they fucking smashed dips and they, you know they, they did they smashed them to bits um yeah, they did. it was wicked, really it was wicked. and it's definitely my favorite memory of this versus era 100 percent that 100 that that there's a couple of moments like um jadakiss going over who shot you and just fucking just getting savage was great and also when he was like talking about like i haven't moved to miami i'm still here i'm on the block and then it just like cuts into like i'm from new york i was just like that is fucking gully as fuck i love that i loved his edit the whole energy of the locks jadakiss in particular was just was just fucking great and i think right now forget the whole dead or alive thing right now active rappers he is right up there like he is right up there with it he, he will outwrap most most rappers right now and something that will never ever go out of style of be able to be being able to rock a crowd and yeah when word gets around that you that your concerts are either bollocks people will flock to them i mean you know in my days it was the roots um they weren't massive before um they suddenly got a grammy i think it's you got me with Joe scott but their live shows were notorious and people flocked to their live shows. Um, and there's loads of other artists. I think um, going even further back than that, but even before my day was Guy, um, the old R&B group. Mm. Their shows are legendary. And maybe we're going to have an era now where people look at what the locks have done and say, you know what? If our live show is tight, they had no pyrotechnics, they had no backing dancers, none of that shit. Just a DJ and rhymes and a routine that's practised rocking the crowd and maybe it will go back to that i mean a lot of these new school rappers they get um lambasted and you know but they've got to make their money whether it be on tiktok or or soundcloud or whatever but if their live shows are cheap to run and well performed then people will flock to them so that, that's the beauty of this versus series because the thing of this whole versus series is giving people their flowers man and yeah the locks are the latest beneficiary of this thing for sure. For sure. Well, on that note, I think you're right. I think it's nice to to see legendary artists get their flowers. I thought that the locks delivered. They they showed everyone what they were all about. And I just thought it was a great moment for hip hop. So many people just tweeting and talking about the thing we all love. So it was a great moment. So yeah, that was great. Um, all right. That's this week's hip hop forum. Uh, we'll be back. <laughs> we'll definitely be back in a couple of weeks. I'm going on holiday next week. So the week I get back, we will do it. Uh, and we've got loads of questions that we're going to store for then. So keep them coming. If you want to get at us, NotoriousPOD, NotoriousPOD.com. Uh, we've got a new article as well coming from James Holder. He's going to put something together for us. Haven't had a new article from him for a while, so watch the space. Also, if there are any other writers out there, people who are interested in writing about hip-hop or or UK grime or garage, come at us. We'd like some we'd like some more um, stuff so we can start putting some more stuff on the website, get a nice blend of different writers. So, yeah, feel free to, to come. We can't pay you, sadly, so... You know, it's not it's not exactly a payday, um, but if you want some exposure for your work, please feel free to submit stuff and we'll we'll put it on the website if it's good. If it's garbage, we're gonna let you know. It's trash. We're <laughs> <laughs> gonna read it. We're gonna read it out. Read out yeah. all the spelling mistakes. Yeah. <laughs>
we'll just get we'll, what we'll do is we'll read the name of the writer and then we'll just say a number and that's how many grammatical errors there were <laughs> and then we'll just read a list of them we've got to get a soundboard like a joe budden soundboard yeah, yeah. <laughs> just get the memes garbage <laughs> we read your articles garbage <laughs> We're we'll back um, in the studio. We're we'll back in the studio. Roadcaster yeah. sound effects Bosh. for everybody. Bosh. So thanks for listening. Uh, T, been a pleasure, mate, as always. Uh, where can people guys. find you, buddy? Um, Thelonious Filth on Instagram and Twitter. That's the main ones. Thelonious is the old jazz musician, Thelonious Monk. And Filth is filthy stuff. Thelonious Filth. That's the name. Beautiful. Thanks, mate. And Cal, pleasure as always, buddy. Where can people find you? Uh, yeah, I'm the same everywhere. It's at BC, the Grand Slam, as in tennis, as in wrestling, best sport in the world. Lovely. And if you want to find me, I am at the real John Bass everywhere as well. So thanks for listening and get ready for the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Notorious POD, a hip hop podcast. This was a hip hop forum episode, so a special thank you to Cal and T for their insight as always. Big up to man like Grindhouse, who's made all the theme music for the show. So please follow him on Twitter and show him some love at Music Grindhouse and on Spotify by searching for Grindhouse. That's G-R-I-N-D House. Please remember to leave us a review or as we call it, your five for five. So give us a five star review and in return, you can leave us your top five favorite MCs of all time. Remember, we'll be adding all the songs mentioned and featured in our episodes on a Spotify playlist. So if you search for the Notorious Podcast Joints, you will find it. If you don't already, please follow us on Twitter at NotoriousP underscore O underscore D. On Instagram, we're at the Notorious POD. And follow me on Insta and Twitter at the Real John Bass. That's J O N B A S S. See you next time. Peace. Peace.